Three Dog Thursday on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presented by MyBookie.ag. MyBookie is the place that you want to bet to get in on all of the college basketball and NBA action. Use the promo code SGP to receive up to $1,000 in bonus bets. That's the promo code SGP to play, win, and get paid at MyBookie.ag. We're also brought to you in part by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay-per-head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com SGP. That's aceperhead.com SGP. And we're also brought to you in part by Monkey Knife Fight. Monkey Knife Fight is the fastest-growing daily fantasy site on the planet, and if you use the promo code SGP, you get a 100% deposit up to $100. That's monkeyknifefight.com, promo code SGP. And finally, we're also brought to you by the NBA Frauds Contest on the NBA Odds Pod. We're giving away $1,000 if you're able to identify the frauds for the second half of the NBA season. Just go to sgpn.io slash NBA Frauds. That's sgpn.io slash NBA Frauds. Football fans, it's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, TJ Reed. Well, welcome in, everybody, and we are slap in the middle of the month of February, which means we're only a couple of weeks away from the month of March. Yes, football put to bed. Now lots and lots of hoops conversation upcoming here on the only digital radio show that is devoted exclusively to those underdogs. I am your somewhat lucid and capable host. I do have some special guests upcoming. In fact, I cannot do this program alone. We'll have a blast talking to Brian Edwards, a senior handicapper for VegasInsider.com, also MajorWager.com. Look forward to talking with Brian about some college basketball. He's got some NBA as well, some underdog predictions. So I look forward to talking with him about the college hoops. In the middle part of the show, we'll talk with Louisville radio host and also part of the Louisville Rivals website for everything Louisville football, basketball, all sports at Rivals.com. Uh, with Louisville. Mark Ennis will be here on the program. And I love talking with Mark because he used to be a Tampa guy. He's a big Buccaneer guy, so he and I will kid around a little bit about that. I want to talk a little college football with him, too. And the midweek news that Mel Tucker, the Colorado coach, has taken the Michigan State job with a huge raise, but basically bailing out on the Colorado Buffaloes. So we'll talk to Mark Ennis about those subjects, and then Louisville taking a midweek loss despite being one of the best programs in college basketball so far to this point of the season. They take a midweek conference loss to Georgia Tech on Wednesday night. We'll talk to Mark about that and about the ACC race and much more, so Mark Ennis in the middle of the show. And then back with me on Three Dog Thursday from the College Experience podcast. Loves talking college sports and gambling on that podcast from the uh, Sports Gambling Podcast 
fleet of network shows. Colby Dant will be back here on this show talking about not just games that he wants to pick, but wow, did Colby get not one but two opportunities to go to great venues in the mid-major conferences to go see Dayton play at home, one of the best teams in college basketball that's not in a power conference. He saw Dayton on Tuesday night, and at the time we're taping, uh, he's fresh off of watching Butler in the Big East win over Xavier in Indianapolis. So two nights, back-to-back nights in Dayton and Indianapolis. Colby will tell us all about that. And he's got some outstanding, long, hairy, flea-ridden dogs on Three Dog Thursday that he likes. You'll want to stand by for his analysis and his reasoning behind it. So Colby Dant will close out the podcast a little bit later on. A reminder, if you have not already subscribed to this podcast via iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast, Deezer, uh, any podcast outlet, iHeartRadio, uh, Spreaker, on and on, subscribe to Three Dog Thursday. Uh, put that in, subscribe. It comes automatically to you whenever there's a new one. It's usually out by mid-morning on Thursday with all the great guests, etc. It's the most convenient way to get this podcast. Subscribe away and rank us and review us. Give us the ranking in the review it'll move up in the podcast ranks and more people will find three dog thursday so again subscribe itunes spotify google Podcasts, however you found us through a social media link etc through uh, our friends at the sports gambling podcast network etc etc love the relationship with sean and ryan and all of those guys but subscribe away to the show all right there you go without delay let's get to our guests plenty of them plenty of underdog talk in college basketball and a lot more here we go We are rolling along. It's the only digital radio show that is devoted exclusively to those underdogs. We are glad that you're with us, and I'm glad that this man is back with me. Vegas insider, senior writer, but you also know him as well from MajorWager.com. Brian Edwards has been rolling along in college and NBA hoops. Who better to help me with those pooches, with those underdogs, uh, then uh, Mr. Brian Edwards back with me on Three Dog Thursday. Okay, it's getting good here in mid-February. We're starting to sort some things out. How you feeling? Feeling good, TJ. 3-0 in the NBA last night. Beat the line by 43 combined points. Uh, only 2-3 and three in college, unfortunately, but... Um, Feeling, feeling good, buddy. Yeah, well, and, and we should make mention, I, I touched on this earlier in the podcast, you were all over Florida State for uh, Monday night against Duke, plus the eight points, kind of an emotional letdown possible situation for Duke. Give them credit for winning the game, but uh, they hung right in. Did Florida State actually had the lead at one point in the second half? You called that one. That didn't have anything to do with Three Dog Thursday, but you called that earlier in the week if the audience is paying attention on MajorWager.com and on your social media, sir. Yes, sir, and um, I tell you what, uh, that was the vintage of all letdown spots after a buzzer beater forcing overtime and then tipping buzzer beater to beat your arch rival and then 48 hours later you're back in action and as always duke got all the calls <laughs> at crunch time. <laughs> when you go back to that saturday game in particular i mean brian what what is it about duke and north carolina that they just play one crazy finish wild last second shot crazy game after another in this rivalry that was about the the 93rd one i think that we've seen yeah, and I even I think I used the you know that 
old stale phrase, you know, throw, throw the records out or whatever, you know, is is so cliche, but you kind of do. I mean, I remember the the capel half court shot sure. forced overtime. That was one of the worst Duke teams ever. <laughs> they, they and they still took uh, Carolina to overtime. Um, I think that might have been the year actually that Coach K uh, left with the back back surgery. Yeah, so even when a team is is way down and look at North Carolina lay an egg and get crushed by Wake Forest last night. So even when they're down, though, you can use that old cliche with those two teams. Uh, No doubt about that. So, uh, again, as I mentioned, we've begun to sort some things out right now in the college basketball season. Before we get into some underdogs, uh, and Brian's got a lot here, including even some NBA conversation in a minute, What do you make of at the top here, San Diego State, Gonzaga, and also Dayton? You're all over the Dayton Flyers. You're on the record a couple of months ago of saying not only Final Four, you think that Obi Toppin and the Dayton Flyers could very well cut the nets down in Atlanta. I'm already on the record as saying steak dinner on me if that comes through for Brian Edwards because you were calling that in January but we got three teams that are not traditional powerhouses. Gonzaga, really the last 15, 20 years, okay. Out of the West, they are a known commodity. But you you don't those are not power conference schools, and yet they're right there in the mix with all the traditional power schools. What do you make of it? Yeah, well, you just see they step up for their big games. I mean, Gonzaga Saturday night, they go to their arch rival St. Mary's and they absolutely ended the game in the first eight minutes. They just blew the doors off them. Last night, Rhode Island goes into Dayton on a 10-game winning streak, and Dayton races out to a 17 nothing lead, and it's game, set, match. Now, flip side of that, San Diego State struggled last night. They were, only up by, they were losing a good chunk of the first half and only up by two to New Mexico at halftime. Now, New Mexico was missing some personnel a few weeks back and got blown out several times, but they've got all one of those guys back. And so New Mexico's a pretty good team when they got all their parts. And San Diego State was only up two at halftime. I fell asleep, and I wake up today, and they won by 23. <laughs> and, so, and so did the Lobos, by the way, for the second half. I think most yeah. of the Eastern time zone was, was looking at that going, maybe this could be an upset. I'll catch the highlights tomorrow. And no, San Diego State <laughs> put it on them, and they're now 25-0 and at the time that we're talking right now, headed into the weekend, the Aztecs. That is the first time a team has been 25-0 and since Gonzaga three years ago, 2017, got to 29-0 and that year. The recent standard is Kentucky, obviously 2015, got to 38-0, and playing against much tougher competition in the SEC. So San Diego State's got a ways to go before we start broaching the, the Kentucky accomplishment of getting to the Final Four unbeaten, but this is still an impressive year that they have had. Impressive. That was the second best team in the Atlantic 10. Rhode Island was 10-1, and 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 Dayton put it on them, and they are now 11-0 and and are looking looking like they might run the table in the Atlantic 10 and be an unbeaten team. We'll see if uh, if that is the case. All right, so let's roll the hey, sleeves TJ, up. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah cause, just because you brought up Kentucky um, and, and last night, I, I just wanted to say something, and this applies to just underdogs in general, because Vandy will probably be an underdog 
the rest of the year. Jerry Stackhouse has that pl- team playing good basketball. They jumped out to a 14-point lead on Kentucky. They were up at half. They were they were leading. I, I, I tweeted it last night. I, I think Kentucky got their first lead with like 11 minutes left, and they ended up actually covering, but it was a bad beat, and Vandy had covered four in a row before that. So Vandy is playing hard. They're playing well with Saban Lee, Ampley's son, former F- NFL player and FSU running back. Um, and also Trent Forrest's cousin, uh, but anyway, FSU guard. But uh, Vandy is playing good. They're playing hard. And when they're catching double digits the rest of the year, unless you know you see a bad performance or two, they're a team to be looking for as a, um, uh, as a healthy underdog. We will continue with Brian Edwards, MajorWager.com in a moment. This segment of the show is brought to you here on Three Dog Thursday by Play Pick 6. Pick any six games in college basketball, including mixing and matching, by the way, with the NBA or the NHL right now, and get an opportunity to win a free sports restaurant gift card. Show what you know. Pick the games for free. Download Play Pick 6. It'll take you less than three minutes to sign up. Go to Play Pick 6 in the Google Play Store or in the Apple Store. Download the app, and you've got a chance to win by picking any six games, and especially on a college basketball Saturday you can load up on the college hoops, and uh, unlike a lot of other of these prognostication games that are out there, they don't let you mix and match sports. Again, if you want to pick some college hoops, some NBA, some NHL, and mix it together in your six predictions, do that with Play Pick 6. And if you lose out, let's say on a Saturday, uh, once you've lost one of your games, if there are still games that are out there to be played in the Western time zones, the Mountain Time Zone, the Pacific Time Zone, and you can still pick six games, college basketball, the NBA, do it with Play Pick 6. Again, it's free to play. Download the app, Google Play Store, Apple Store, Play Pick 6 is the app. You can find out more about the rules and how to play at playpick6.com. But again, this is very easy and it's free, free, free. Who doesn't want to win? Show what you know. Pick any six games in college hoops, the NBA, the NHL, mix and match, and you're a winner. Go find the app right now. It's Play Pick 6. All right, so with that being said, let's look ahead. And again, we now know some of the underdog lines for Thursday in college basketball. We do not know them for Saturday. We'll get to that in a moment. But as we look ahead, give me a give me a college basketball underdog that maybe stands out on Thursday. Let's discuss a game or two for Three Dog Thursday purposes. Yeah, well, so two weeks ago, we went to Cal as an underdog on a Thursday night. They didn't win outright, but they did cover. And then they went on the road twice last week. They lost both times, but they only lost by six at Colorado, so that was an easy cover. Um, in their five home games in Pac-12 play, they are 4-1 and one straight up, 5-0 and oh against the spread. For the season, Mark Fox has the Golden Bears at 10-3 and three straight up, 9-4 and four against the spread at home, and they are a 10.5-point home dog Thursday night against Arizona, who has played six road games and has only won twice and three and three against the spread. So I think Arizona will find a way to get the W, but I think Mark Fox's Cal team will cover as a double-digit home dog. Well, remember, too, for Arizona, they got the win, although USC came back on them. They got the win over USC, and then on the on the weekend, on Saturday night, they let UCLA come back on them in the second half and beat them in Tucson. And the Pac, Pac-12 took some lumps at the top, with Oregon losing at Oregon State. Uh, USC faltering right now as a fringe NCAA tournament team. 
So let's let's just see if some things uh, straighten out in Pac-12 play. But you like the Cal Bears, and you have been on them before. By the way, very kind of you to not remember that I, speaking of West Coast basketball, had St. Mary's last week to hang in with Gonzaga, and they allowed Gonzaga to only make 14 of the 15 shots that they took to begin the game. Only 14 of 15 to start the game. You're right. It was a Mike Tyson uh, first-round knockout. This, by the way, is the 30th anniversary week of Mike Tyson being knocked out himself by Buster Douglas. There was no Buster Douglas moment for St. Mary's against Gonzaga uh, in that game uh, last week. It was uh, Gonzaga being like Tyson uh, in that situation. Uh, we, we both have honed in on another Thursday night game of interest, and this is a Sunbelt game, Brian Edwards. Again, this is the conference that has the likes of Arkansas State. Georgia State has won the conference tournament three of the last five years to go to the NCAA tournament. Uh, Louisiana, the old Louisiana Lafayette, they now just call themselves Louisiana. UTA, University of Texas Arlington, but also the Little Rock Trojans, University of Arkansas Little Rock. You're all over Little Rock. Little Rock leading the Sun Belt and a very interesting underdog situation for them on Thursday. Yeah, they are plus four at Texas State. Uh, they've already beaten Texas State. Uh, granted, it, it was at home, uh, but Daryl Walker's team, many may remember, you know, had a, a, a long journeyman NBA career, mostly with the Knicks. Um, he is their head coach, and they have won seven in a row, and three of those came as underdog. They've been an underdog ten times this year, and they are eight and two against the spread with with five outright wins in their ten underdog spots. So this is a solid team that is in really good form right now, and they are a four-point dog at Texas State tomorrow night, and I will go with... The, tr- uh, the Trojans, right? correct. Yeah, the Trojans yep. of Little Rock. And interesting, they played Texas State at home. It was a close game, but Little Rock, that was one of the games you mentioned, was actually a one-point dog at home and beat Texas State. This is a rematch game against the Bobcats. And again, Little Rock is the number one team in the conference. I would love to know, at this point of the year in college basketball, how many times are you going to get the top team in the conference as a road dog. It's rare. I'm not saying it never happens, but it's rare. So pay attention to this spot where Little Rock's getting four in this game at Texas State. And I'm interested in Iowa at Indiana. I know Indiana had the emotions of of Saturday with Bob Knight coming back for the first time in 20 years after being fired and disgraced and being so ticked off at Indiana. He finally came back for a recognition of the 1980 freshman class team that eventually won the 81 championship with Isaiah Thomas. Well, they got drummed by Purdue in the game. Now you've got Iowa coming into Assembly Hall Thursday night, and Iowa, who's ranked, who has the better record, they're actually the underdog. I'm curious about that one, Brian Edwards, for Thursday evening in the Big Ten. Well, Iowa has been so good to me this year at home, but I I learned earlier in the year that their home-away dichotomy is very predictable, and they are just not the same team on the road. But now, I I hear you, and I'm not trying to talk anybody off of Iowa. Uh, They are the superior team, and if Garza doesn't get in foul trouble – you know they they should win, but you're on the road in the Big Ten, and they just they've laid some eggs on the road. I mean, Purdue last week beat them by like fifty. I mean, it's a slight exaggeration, but not by much. Uh, yeah, they scored a hundred and four on them. Uh, to your point, and I'm just looking while we're talking here uh, at some of the numbers from Vegas Insider on what they've done recently. Iowa only uh, 
two and five in their last seven ATS here. They did lose as a six-point dog at Maryland, lost the game and didn't cover. And then you mentioned the Purdue game. They were getting four and a half and got beat. Uh, what by uh, 36 in that game. So maybe a bit of a pitfall here uh, for them at Indiana, but we'll keep an eye on that one. Let's look ahead to Saturday for a, for a moment or two, and then I know you want to talk some NBA before we get out of here. Brian Edwards again with me. He's at Vegas B. Edwards on Twitter, a great follow. Also, MajorWager.com with all the injury information and latest trends, etc. throughout the day, throughout the night with all the college and NBA games. Go to MajorWager.com. Check them out on Twitter, MajorWagerUno, to find his information. So Saturday, we do not have the lines at our disposal, but we've got some large games, some important games coming Saturday, and I'm curious what you think about the possible uh, spreads. Ole Miss at Kentucky is an interesting one. You just mentioned Kentucky a little while ago. Ole Miss uh, with a win earlier in the week uh, as well. Another win. They've now got four conference wins uh, as they were a winner earlier in the week at, uh, at Oxford Kentucky's probably going to be a double-figure uh, favorite in that game, right, against Ole Miss at Rupp? Well, I made it eight and a half, but that's my number, and I'm very bullish on Ole Miss right now. It very well could be double digits, and if it is, I like Ole Miss. I would even like it at at nine, or even maybe eight and a half I would like it. I um, Look, they've won three in a row. Granted, they were all at home, but they beat Mississippi State by 25. They beat mm. Florida by 17. They beat South Carolina by 14. Um, they lost at LSU but covered, and then they lost to Auburn in double overtime by one at home, but they covered, and they won outright at Georgia by 10. So for their last six games, they're 6-0 and against the spread, four outright wins by double-digit margins, and one of the losses was by one in double overtime to maybe the best team in the conference in Auburn, and then the second or third best team, LSU, uh, they covered but lost in Baton Rouge. So they're in good form. Brian Tyree threw in 40 against Mississippi Ooh. State as they ran their arch rival out of the gym. This guy's hot. If Ole Miss is catching you know, eight or more, I like the Rebels. About that. So that one, a two Eastern time game on Saturday for Ole Miss and Kentucky. And Kentucky, by the way, has done a great job of executing at the end of games. You mentioned that game could have gone either way in Nashville at Memorial Gym with Vanderbilt rolling. And Kentucky hit the big shots and got the stops in the final four minutes to pull it out and cover. I'm curious what you think about West Virginia and Baylor. Now, West Virginia and Kansas are playing a knockdown, dragout Big 12 game on Wednesday night. And Brian and I do not have the result of that game right now while we tape Three Dog Thursday. So we don't have that to go on. Don't know what happened. But as it stands right now, West Virginia will go into number one Baylor on Saturday after Baylor won an ugly game against Texas on Monday night and more than likely be at least a three or four point uh, underdog, something like that. West Virginia will be uh, looking at Baylor as a Baylor, probably a three or four point favorite in Waco Saturday afternoon. Yes. 
Uh, yeah, I, I wrote down four and a half, but um, I, I'm kind of thinking like you are. I mean, sir, certainly we want to know the re- result and if we got any injuries after what happened tonight. We don't know that yet, but um, I, I, th- I think Baylor's ready to lose a game, and it'll be good for them to lose a game, and it's coming in the next week or so. Whether it'll be Saturday remains to be seen, but there's, um, you know, if this game was in in Morgantown, I would love West Virginia, but um, obviously it's in Waco. So Baylor's got to be favored, but uh, I, I could see them getting tripped up. All right, and one more. I don't know what your line's going to be on this one, but at East Lansing, Michigan State off the wild roller coaster last-second win over Illinois on Tuesday night will host Maryland, who barely escaped at home, almost blew a lead and lost to Nebraska, the worst team in the Big Ten. Uh, but Maryland hung on and won. Maryland number nine in the country. Michigan State out of the AP rankings right now for the first time in three years, hosting them. More than likely, Michigan State, even though Maryland's ranked Michigan State, probably like a one-point favorite, something like that, you think? I wrote down Michigan State minus four, and I think, look, I love Maryland. They're, they're in great form. I think they're a legit Final Four contender. But Izzo teams, uh, seem, sometimes it'll happen in mid-January. Sometimes it'll happen early February like it is in this instance. They always go into about a three-game rut every, every time, every year at some point, whether it's early mid-January or early February in this situation, and they always answer it, and they always respond to it. And um, I, I'm not looking at Maryland in that game, unless they're catching like six or seven, which I doubt they will be. Well, of course, Cassius Winston is arguably the best point guard, the best guard in the Big Ten. Let's see if he can carry uh, Michigan State in what would be a large one if they can get it. Of course, Penn State came in, to your point, into East Lansing during that rut and beat them uh, in East Lansing coming back to do it. So let's see what happens with that one on Saturday. So lots of college basketball. One more moment or two with Brian Edwards, and we got to prop up what you have been doing in the NBA You've been rolling along. I know that we're talking uh, midweek right now, but uh, you've been rocking right now uh, with your different NBA plays. In fact, you're the number one NBA handicapper documented right now midweek on Vegas Insider. Uh, So pay attention to what he's talking about here for a moment or two about the NBA. What's going on? Well, I've been betting a lot of overs, and the three teams that I've really been honing in on are the Hawks, uh, the Pelicans and the Wizards. Uh, currently, the Hawks are on a 12 and three run to the over. The Pelicans are 17 five and one to the over in their last 22, and the Wizards are on an eight and two run to the over. And uh, both uh, Washington's the worst scoring defense in the NBA. Atlanta's next to last at number 29. A couple other over uh, runs I'll mention: uh, Portland's on an 11 and two over run, and Cleveland's on a 15 and five over run. Um, some other teams that I've been backing on the sides have been Memphis and New Orleans, who have been in, in outstanding form uh, here recently. Uh, Toronto, a little bit here and there, not necessarily when they're like a double digit favorite, but when they're you know like a four point favorite on the road or a six or seven point favorite at home, they've been pretty good to me. I mean, it's it's hard to like. You know, say because we're not talking about specific matchups coming up, but uh, those are some teams that I've had a lot of success with. Well, and with the New Orleans Pelicans, I know we can tend to overstate. No, we don't ever do that, do we? In the media and online and social media and on podcasts. But Zion Williamson is worth the price of admission if you're in the arena or worth your two hours to sit and watch because it's not just dunks. 
Uh, he's got game. He defends. He's energized that New Orleans Pelicans team like we thought he would. I don't know how great a shape he's in right now either with the grind of the NBA schedule. It's going to be even scarier if he gets in better playing shape too. So the Pelicans are very fun to watch. And again, keep monitoring Brian Edwards for all the NBA takes and the NBA lines, the overs, etc. Brian, go ahead and plug away where they can find you, find your stuff for college hoops in the NBA. Uh, well, you've done a great job of it already, TJ, and I appreciate that. Yeah, VegasInsider.com. You can find my bylines uh, and my uh, and my picks, and you can also go to BrianEdwardsSports.com for bylines and picks, and you can go to MajorWager.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at VegasBEdwards is the handle, and on Major Wager, like you said earlier, do a lot of uh, injury info updates throughout the day that's at major wager uno u-n-o as always tj enjoyed the convo and i I hope we hit hit some dogs and i hope you have a great weekend brother let's see what happens in particular on thursday night he likes cal we're both also watching that sunbelt game with arkansas little rock u-a-l-r or little rock and texas state and again i'll be broadcasting the sunbelt championship game when we come around to it in march on tune in so i'm anxious to see what happens That one is in New Orleans, in the Crescent City, speaking of the Pelicans, in their arena. So I'm anxious for that, and I'm anxious to see what Little Rock does Thursday night. And we'll see about those Saturday games, too, that we laid out, whether it's Kentucky Ole Miss, West Virginia, Kansas, Maryland, Michigan State. Let's see what happens with the doggies. Woof, woof. Brian Edwards, thank you. Great job, brother. Thanks, TJ. Have a good one, man. We remind you that we are brought to you in part by MyBookie.ag. The Super Bowl may be done, but every game is a big game over at MyBookie.ag. They've got it all, from the NBA to college basketball, Premier League soccer, you name it, and they've got the fastest payouts, the best promotions, and helpful 24-7 customer service. You can pool your bets together for a bigger payout as well with MyBookie.ag. They've got more lines, better odds per player than any sports book around and right now if you join up my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to a thousand dollars that means you deposit two thousand you get an extra grand in free money to play with with mybookie.ag all you got to do is use this promo code sgp it activates the offer once again they will match your deposit halfway all the way up to a thousand dollars you deposit 500 they'll put 250 in you deposit a thousand they'll put 500 in use the promo code sgp to get that extra cash when you sign up and you register at mybookie bet win and get paid with mybookie Three Dog Thursday is also brought to you in part by Monkey Knife Fight. Hey, do you love fantasy sports? Of course you do. But are you the guy that the others come to to pick their fantasy team or want the hottest tips and end up picking up guys off the waiver wire because of your advice and you end up just giving that away? You think about this stuff all the time. You just you want to play fantasy all the time, right? Well, how come you're not playing daily fantasy on monkeyknifefight.com? That's monkeyknifefight.com. It's the fastest growing daily fantasy site on the planet. Why? Because monkeyknifefight.com, you're playing against the house. There are no sharks. There's no confusing interface. There's no advanced degree needed for the engineering school to have a snowball's chance and you know where of winning. No. Lots of people win all the time with monkey knife 
knifefight.com. They've got basketball. They've got hockey. They've even got golf, other sports that you can play for DFS, for Daily Fantasy. Go to monkeyknifefight.com right now. Sign up, and any new user that uses the promo code SGP gets a $100 match bonus up to $100. Use that promo code from us, SGP, at monkeyknifefight.com. And Three Dog Thursday brought to you in part by NBA Frauds and the contest we have. We're giving away $1,000. Find the fraudulent NBA teams in the second half of the season after the All-Star game is played this weekend. Pick two teams from each group that will perform the worst in the second half of the season. That's all you have to do. 1000 bucks up for grabs. Go to sgpn.io slash NBA Frauds. That's sgpn. Dot io slash NBA frauds for the NBA frauds contest. The dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is TJ Reeves continue on it is the only digital radio show that is devoted exclusively to underdogs we have got a bunch still to cover for the college basketball coming especially on saturday a little bit on thursday some more on saturday uh, stand by we will hear from colby dant of the Co- of the college experience podcast colby in dayton tuesday night for the dayton flyers win then followed it up on wednesday night being at hinkle Fieldhouse for the butler win Again, I got to hear from him about both of those games and get some underdog picks from him. Before we get there, though, let's get some insight. Let's get some understanding, some knowledge on all things going on Louisville. Uh, I love getting the chance to catch up with Mark Ennis, who does a fantastic job on the Louisville ESPN over-the-air station that is there as the afternoon host. He's now associated with the Louisville Rivals website, Uh, for all things Louisville sports, not just basketball and football. So I want to bring him on to not only talk some Louisville, some ACC, and much more. Plus, Mark is a Buccaneer guy. He grew up rooting for the Bucs, and I do Buck stuff. So we are kindred brothers here on on Buccaneers and and suffering together on the Bucs not being in the playoffs. So it's good to have you on a lot of fronts. How you been? I'm doing great. I'm glad to talk to somebody who can – who can commiserate with me, connect with me on rooting for a franchise who does things like the equipment guy cutting off part of Alvin Harper's finger. <laughs> right? Like you and me, we've been through some things. So it's, it's always we, good to talk to you. We have we have with the with our favorite football team, the B U C C A N E E R S Go Bucks. Um and, uh, and so we'll see what they end up doing with Jameis Winston as we go along with NFL free agency. I mean, could it be, could it be that, uh, that Drew Brees is no longer in New Orleans? I'll believe that when I see it. Cam Newton is more than likely not going to be in Carolina any longer, probably going to be somewhere else. New coaching staff, he costs a bunch of money. And if the Bucks choose, and I have no insight here for the audience or anybody that's quoting me and putting it on social media, I don't know. And by the way, Mark knows this. If your name does not end in Glazer, as in the owners, you don't know what they're going to do either. I don't want to hear about your sources. I don't want to, because until the Glazers decide whether they're keeping Jameis Winston and paying him, we don't know what they're going to do. The owners are going to decide. But anyway, if Jameis is gone too, the NFC South has has gone wide open at the quarterback position. If all of that happens, Mark Ennis. 
Yeah, I think you're exactly right. And, and we are still waiting. Are we, right? We're still waiting for the Bucks to have a first-round quarterback that they signed to a second contract still, right? That's, that's a great like, point. It, ha- it has not been, happened under the Glazer regime. You've been, you've been waiting all the way through uh, Trent Dilfer, Josh Freeman, uh, pick one, Mike Glennon, and now Jameis Winston. Who do they bring back on the second mm-hmm. contract? We'll find out uh, what they end up doing. Uh, so we'll get to the basketball in a second. So a little football uh, there. Uh, I want to continue with a little college theme. I haven't talked uh, about this yet on the podcast, but you're perfect. You're a college uh, football guy. So at the time that we're talking, Mel Tucker, the coach at Colorado, who played at Colorado, uh, came there as the first-year coach of the Buffs, has rebuffed the Buffs, and has left for the Michigan State job in February, taking a Big Ten job and leaving Colorado in the lurch. I have argued all angles of this all the time and understand it. Mark, what are your thoughts here? Because the Colorado fans are stung. Uh, The Michigan State fans, I guess, are happy because uh, Tucker used to be a Michigan State assistant under Nick Saban. But what what do you make of all of this? Give me a take, please. Uh, I think there's two parts to this. I think just in the abstract, I don't think people will be stunned by a coach leaving after one year. We've seen that. Uh, we don't. We wouldn't really even be stunned by a guy sort of going back to somewhere he'd been, or and people had like an emotional connection to after one year. I think there's there's two parts to this that people are kind of picking up on. You can't go somewhere else after one year when you've been super sanctimonious about the transfer portal uh, as a coach, and he has. Yep. And I think that's that's the thing that drives people crazy. Is that you run your mouth about that there's no transfer portal in real life when you are literally in real life, transferring <laughs> after one year. Like, you can't do that. Uh, and then, you know, he's going to go take this job and ask these guys to commit and all this sort of thing. And it's, the, the people can't stand hypocrisy like this. And then I think there's kind of the, uh, the money whip angle of this, uh, that the Big Ten and the SEC, more than anybody else, are awash in, in conference network cash. And they can basically strike out on Luke Fickle, Michigan State did, have an article that comes out that says Luke Fickle didn't take this job because his wife was afraid of the campus culture. <laughs> and then the next day, you get Mel Tucker after he turned you down once because you gave him five and a half million dollars. He now makes more than Ryan Day, who just mm. made the playoff. Mm. Who's actually after proven, winning. right? Who's proven some things as a coach in the Big Ten. Yeah. Right. That's your point. Yeah. And so the Big Ten. Like, they get to be really sloppy with their coaching. Honestly, like they get to be reckless. This is a joke I kind of make with my producer on my radio show is from Indiana, just across the river. He's a big IU lifelong fan. And I'm like, what's the point of having Big Ten Network money if you can't just get rid of your bad coaching choices really quickly? Because they just keep riding it out with Archie Miller. But like, this is what they let, it lets them do. They get to be really, really heavy-handed with money for coaches. Now, this stuff gets to be expensive after a while, but Michigan State had a toxic culture that cost them Luke Fickle they also had two, more, you know, two two and a half million more a year, and all of a sudden it wasn't so toxic for Mel Tucker. Mm-mm-mm. All right. Well, and what does Colorado do? I, I you know, I see on social media uh, some uh, some saying, and I've heard, I've also heard some on their shows, et cetera, in the last day or two about Eric Bieniemy shouldn't go take a college job; he should hold out for an NFL job. To me, again, I have no insight here. It would be perfect for him to return to Colorado 
and and crank them to a high level and make several million dollars more by doing that than sit as the Kansas City offensive coordinator and maybe, maybe go through another hiring cycle where he doesn't get hired as a head coach again uh, next year. Uh, to me, it seems as though the enemy would be a logical choice there. Do you, uh, Mark Ennis, do you disagree with that? Should he stay with the Chiefs as Andy Reid's offensive coordinator? And does that, does that somehow ensure that he's going to be an NFL head coach on the next hiring cycle when he hasn't been the last two times? Well, I, I don't, my only objection has been like kind of the Michael Lombardi route, the guys who are like, uh, he's making a mistake if he doesn't take the Colorado job. I don't believe that. I like I, the the people who say, "Look, he's done enough to be a head coach. He should hold out and become a head coach in the NFL." Like, if that's what he wants to do, fine. And the only people I object to are the people who are like, "He has to take the Colorado job." Like, if he wants to do that, fine. I would, honestly, college coaching. I mean, he he'll. I think he'd exit no circles out of people uh, in in the college game in Colorado. But the other side of the, kind of the coin I was just talking about with uh, being able to money whip teams, Pac-12 ain't doing that. Right, you get that kind of money there. Uh, and they're going to continue to to have to, I don't know, like penny pinch in college football, which sounds ridiculous, right? Uh, but I mean, he he would be at a disadvantage in terms of resources and um, whatever it is to, you know, to sort of work with and build there uh, at Colorado in the Pac-12, and that's really kind of be up to him uh, if he wants to sort of take that thing on. If I was him, I would hold out for an NFL job. He can't be that far away. Well, especially when they have repeatedly, NFL teams, hired first-time coaches, hired coordinators. Uh, you know, the, the, uh, the Joe Judge hire in New York, again, never been a head coach anywhere. And he gets the, he gets the Giants job and Biennemi interviewed for that job and didn't get it. So you just, you, you wonder, uh, maybe he could go to Colorado, make two and a half, three million dollars, have success for a year or two, and then bammo, you're in the NFL. Uh, because how can they deny you at that point? We'll see. We'll see what the Buffaloes do, who they elect to hire, and maybe enemy sits right where he is and waits for the cycle next year. I mean, it's not hurting to call plays with Patrick Mahomes. This just into the newsroom, yeah. Mark Ennis. Uh, we could look good. My twin daughters could look good. A lot of us could look good calling plays for Mahomes, right? Uh, I mean, that's the thing. Like, you get to dress that up and let that be your resume. I mean, think about the people who are going to be kind of on the perhaps on the hot seat, like Bill O'Brien. Uh, you think he wouldn't just sort of take the interstate down to uh, uh, to Houston there? Like, I, like that job would be open. You know, he he's going to be attracted to people next year. Uh, and yes, I would I would dress uh, up uh, in uh, Patrick Mahomes as long as I could if I was him. All be. right. So I appreciate your time and your insight on those subjects, and I've held it off for as long as possible. So uh, I, let me just take you through the chronology. I reached out to Mark about coming on the show, and he was very gracious about uh, doing the interview for Three Dog Thursday later on Wednesday uh, to accommodate me. And then once the uh, Louisville-Georgia Tech game got underway, I realized what Mark does five days a week. He is uh, sleeves rolled up. Uh, covering Louisville, covering Louisville basketball, which is king. And so you've got to be in on the game. Here we were all thinking, for Three Dog Thursday purposes or otherwise, Louisville should win this game in Atlanta. Welcome to college basketball. Welcome to conference play. Welcome to Georgia Tech. Upending number 5 AP-ranked Louisville, 64-58. to So... I did not plan it this way, Mark, but this is the way that it worked out tonight. So Georgia Tech has upset Louisville and kind of changed the narrative from from the beginning of our conversation. I guess give me a thought here on Chris Mack's team getting a real wake-up call against a Georgia Tech team with a losing record. 
Well, it just so happens to be one of our writers for uh, CardinalSports.com today wrote an article about uh, is Louisville perhaps well, – they're a very good three-point shooting team overall, but are they perhaps a little too reliant on threes? Uh, and then you, then you go out tonight, you go to Georgia Tech, uh, and you make one three – two threes, excuse me, down the stretch there, uh, but just could not shoot the three uh, tonight as a team at all, and it bit them. They were not able to overcome it. Louisville ended up being three of 24, Ooh. 12% from three. Oh, and they you know, they just cannot do that. And I, and I want to say two of them were at the very end of the game, right? Absolutely. In the final yeah. like minute. They had been one for the entire night, which is your point. Yeah, and, and the other thing, I think the other side of that coin is not just missing threes, but uh, Jordan Wara is... Um, you know, for a guy that's an ACC Player of the Year kind of candidate and, and having a fantastic year statistically, he's he's erasable. Like, there have been multiple times this year where you could tell the opponent was like, we're going to take Jordan Moore out of the game by what we do, and it works. And he just can't be so guardable uh, in kind of these critical moments. And then, you know, down two, down one, and down three, Louisville gets possessions, he never gets a shot off. Like, that's bad design, and that's bad play by him. And they're kind of both going to have to answer for that. Mm-mm-mm. And this is a Louisville team that won a knockdown, dragout game with Virginia, a great game on Saturday that kind of led into that Duke Carolina uh, wild overtime, crazy comeback by Duke. I mean, Louisville got a tremendous win on this past weekend. They're one of the best teams in college basketball. So just give me an overall thought on, yes, it's a wake-up call, but this is a talented team, and I have to believe they're going to pull it together here down the stretch, be a contender to win the ACC tournament, probably be at worst like a three-seed in the NCAA tournament. We would suspect all of those things are going to hold intact, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, the, the ACC is a little down, uh, so you, they'll probably take care of business. Uh, with everything and have kind of two coin flip games. They don't play Duke again. Uh, they play at Virginia to end the year, and that could really be for a lot for both uh, Virginia and Louisville. Uh, they play at Florida State. Outside of those two, uh, they should you know, take care of business you know, kind of in the last few games. And like you said, they'll finish 16-4, and 17-3 you know, in the ACC and be uh, a top four seed in the tournament. Yeah, I mean, they should be fine, but they are a team that is capable of doing what they did tonight, which is, uh, go completely cold, and when it's not falling, it's like it does. There's no middle ground. You know, they either burn it up like they did against Virginia, or they do this right here. Uh, and, and when they don't tonight, they were not able to sort of manufacture stuff another way like they were when they played Virginia in the second half. Threes weren't falling. They were one for nine and three in the second half, and they manufactured paint, uh, points in the post and at the free throw line tonight. Could not do that at Georgia Tech at all. Love uh, the insight here of Mark Ennis. Follow him at Mark Ennis, E-N-N-I-S. Again, he's on 93.9 The Ville, uh, the ESPN affiliate as the afternoon drive host. Uh, He's given us some insight on Three Dog Thursday about Louisville, about some ACC basketball. Um, Yes, again, they got the win over Virginia, and then you've got Duke. Uh, that is near the top, Florida State. Uh, Florida State may be the team to watch out for. And again, they beat Louisville earlier. It'll be a rematch game coming up. But Florida State may be a team to really watch out for uh, here at the uh, at tournament time and into the NCAA tournament as much as anybody else in that conference. What say you about the Seminoles and Leonard Hamilton? Oh, I, I think that they are a fantastic team. Uh, I think if they just shot the ball moderately better at Duke, they win that game. Uh, they really 
of everyone that's beaten Louisville this year, they handled Louisville the most. Uh, they are long. I mean, you know Leonard Hamilton's teams are uh, maybe not the most skilled uh, fundamentally, but they're all very athletic and very tall, very long. I just don't remember Louisville ever being taller than Florida State ever, and this year included. Uh, I think they are very good, and they really are the classic uh, addition by subtraction kind of thing. They lost the top six guys off last year's team, and this group all stepping into new roles. They're, they're better than they were a year ago. I like this team a lot. Love that. Just another moment or two here with uh, Mark Ennis. All right, so give us an idea, uh, because you do this, again, uh, five days a week, et cetera, et cetera. The passion for Louisville basketball. I mean, there, there are like two things that we know. We know the Kentucky Derby is king, and, and Louisville is right there, like on the same pl- pl- plane with that, Louisville basketball in particular. That's a, I mean, those are the two things that come like before uh, family milestones. They, they come before winning the lottery, I think. I think they come from just about anything in that area. Oh, yeah. I mean, I listen, I do, uh, you know, my co-host or sit there with me, you know, a couple of days a week is Luke Hancock, you know, the 2013 most outstanding player. Everybody remembers him. I can't tell you how many times we are out doing a remote and someone will come up and either just thank Luke for playing so well in the final four in 2013 <laughs> or tell him that they named their child Luke. Like it happens all the time. Uh, and it's, I mean, Louisville's always one, two, or three in attendance every year with Kentucky and Syracuse. Uh, and it, it is you know, the city of Louisville, not just Louisville University fans, but the city is so unique because it's by far the biggest city in Kentucky. Uh, and there is a huge percentage of Kentucky fans that you know, go to UK and then move here. Uh, and so the city does have this constant sort of rivalry, and it's, it's pretty unique to have a city that we're with the home of one of them, but both of them are here. And so, like, the guy you work with in the cubicle or that's ringing you up at the grocery store or whatever, you're like, you never know when they're going to pop off at you. Uh, and so it's, it's very intense. You kind of – there's no days off, you know. And then, uh, every you know, like, Birmingham is always number one in whatever huge college football game got played. The TV ratings are always highest in Birmingham. It's always Louisville for, for in, anything college basketball because both Kentucky and Louisville fans that live here and make up, you know, 99% of the city, they watch everybody. They're junkies. Yeah. And it's uh, it's a hoops state. It's a hoops area. Uh, you know, I was just thinking when you were saying that it's much the same way as the public deals with Mark Ennis. They come up and tell him, "Great show," and or I name my <laughs> child after you about how well you've done on the radio for all these years. Very <laughs> similarly. Uh, all right, fun story for you. You don't know this. We didn't plan this. This is the twenty twelve Final Four. Uh, which you may have been at Superdome um, in uh, New Orleans, where Kentucky eventually won it over Kansas. Of course, it was Kentucky-Louisville-Mark Ennis in the national semifinal game. So in those days, I'm doing National Fox Sports Radio Saturday night show. I'm the national host, and I'll pull the curtain back a little bit. I was hosting all the time, just like I'm doing right now, out of my home studio, doing national radio, and Ah, still do for for a lot of people, so that's a great thing. So I'm doing national radio on Saturday nights out of my house, except when I'm on the road at big events. And I was at the Final Four, so I had to go find New Orleans radio station to do the Saturday night national Fox Sports radio show, the iHeart affiliate uh, in the French Quarter, right by the Superdome, I had to go find it after semifinal game number one, which was Kentucky and Louisville. Yeah. When Kentucky won that game, 
I am exiting the Superdome and I am walking because it was within walking distance about a half mile. I didn't mind the walk to go to the station. I'm walking out with the Louisville fans and a lot of a lot of Louisville red clad fans leaving the Superdome where they've lost. They don't have a reason to stick around and be back Monday. I cannot tell you, I, I was scared for my safety. Honestly, I'm not exaggerating for a couple seconds. The Kentucky fans swarmed us, Mark Ennis. Um, and and they swarmed us because they wanted the Louisville fans tickets. They wanted to buy them, buy the tickets off of them for the Monday night championship game. So feel, feel free to use this or have me on sometime to tell this story. I I have often said that much like Rocky four, where, where, where Rocky at the end of Stallone is saying, if if you could get along and we could get along, we could work it out with the nuclear weapons. Remember that was all back in the eighties with Rocky four. If the Louisville and Kentucky fans can get along uh, to where they're willing to sell the the Kentucky fans their tickets and not rip their Final Four ticket up in front of them for Monday night's championship game and throw it at them, then I guess we can all get along because I was a witness to it because that actually happened. I mean, I saw probably 10 transactions in a span of 90 seconds right in front of me with Kentucky fans <laughs> swarming us. I'll give you $500 for your tickets Monday night for the championship game, which Kentucky wow. and Anthony Davis eventually won. So that gives you an idea of the passion. It gives you an idea of how rabid Kentucky basketball is, but even the Louisville fans were willing to accommodate Mark Ennis. So there's my story to you, my friend, on the podcast interview about that relationship. Well, there was a big story in the state when so Louisville making that Final Four was a big surprise. Uh, and so it was a, I mean, it was one of the crazier things I've ever done. We did like a three-hour pregame show for that uh, and never really had to do anything. Even just the phones almost melted. Uh, but the big story in the state that week was in a dialysis unit in one of the rural counties where there were some Louisville fans in kind of western uh, Kentucky, two guys over 80 on dialysis had to be like they had to call the police they had a fist fight in a dialysis unit <laughs> arguing over who was going to win in the final four and now everyone across the state was like yeah that's a that's a needing dialysis uh yeah, still yeah. gonna duke it out over that rivalry. might as well if i'm gonna go out i'm gonna go out having sucker punched oh, yeah. a louisville fan or vice versa <laughs> Uh, about the final four so uh there's the opposite end that i gave you because it was like uh glasnost was the big word right from the russians in the 80s it was glasnost of the louisville and the kentucky fans after the final four but that's the passion uh in that state um all right listen i always love talking to you on other subjects anything else that we didn't cover whether it was um uh buccaneer related at the beginning louisville basketball related I am the father of twin daughters. You've got a daughter as well. We haven't talked about our children on the podcast. All is good with the daddy-daughter world? Oh, yeah. I've got three, and my uh, for, I'll give her a shout-out just because I'm self-serving here. My seven-year-old has been doing karate since she was four, <laughs> and she passed her blue belt test today. She's Woo! halfway to a black belt. Seven and years old. Seven years old, and she can take dad down. With a, with a chop or a throw or whatever is needed, she is not to be messed with. Uh, I love that. I love that. Shout out. What's I, got the, I got the message today. The, the belt test at the end of her new belt, which I believe is green, includes defending herself with a bow staff. So we're really into it. <laughs> Look out for the weapons and whatever is needed. And what is the yeah. daughter's name so we can give the full shout out? Her name is Matt. Maddie Ennis, not to be messed with. I love it. Black belt, black belt, blue belt, whatever belt, whatever's needed. 
Uh, we love it. Follow him at Mark Ennis on Twitter for all things The Ville out of Louisville. And let the record reflect, I'm a Memphis guy. I typically have no use for anything Louisville whatsoever, but I've proven once again that we can all get along. The Rodney King words, can't we all get along? Can't we all get along? Exactly. We can all get along. Here, I just got along with Mark Ennis for about 20 minutes or so on the podcast on Three Dog Thursday. I'm glad you're doing well. My Buccaneer brother from another mother. Keep knocking them dead in Louisville, and thank you for hopping on the podcast here, talking some Cardinals. We'll see how far they go. Uh, good luck with your show, and I appreciate the time, sir. Appreciate it, CJ. And when the Bucks do something good, I'm just going to make Louisville endure it, and I'm going to have you on. You and me are just going to act like nobody else is around. Oh, looking forward for a lot of reasons to getting this guy back on the Three Dog Thursday podcast. He is the host of the College Experience the college, what a surprise, the college-themed sports podcast show that is on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He is Colby Dan, the Colby D with me on Twitter, and I am profoundly jealous. First of all, it's good to have you for a lot of reasons, but uh, you have done quite the doubleheader midweek, and this is why I wanted, I wanted to get you on the show anyway, but i got to get you on the show when you have seen Dayton OL on location in person uh, in the Dayton Arena, win over Rhode Island Tuesday night, and then followed that up on Wednesday night with Butler and Xavier in Hinkle Fieldhouse in the Big East. I love this. I love that doubleheader, and I got to hear all about it. First of all, good to be with you, sir. How you feeling? I'm feeling great. Thanks for having me, man. I, I just I wish I could do this every night of the year. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's start with Tuesday because, as I mentioned, you've now seen them firsthand. Uh, Obi Toppin is fantastic, but you you watched it uh, inside the Dayton Arena as they improved to eleven and zero in the Atlantic Ten, beat the second best team in the conference, Rhode Island. Tell me all about you're the College Experience podcast host. Tell me tell me about the experience. Tell me about how good Dayton looked. Oh man, dude, uh, I, I can't recommend it enough i mean both these stadiums but yes starting with dayton look this team i i, I got a chance to, i saw them against kansas and maui earlier in the year and i'm convinced you know a lot of people think hey they're the in the atlantic 10 can i trust them in the ncaa tournament i'm telling you you analyze the starting five even the couple of bench players that they have this team is as good as any team in the nation when you evaluate just the roster well and 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 obviously, uh, Obi Toppin, uh, we know a lot about the stats, but you saw him. Everybody is saying projects to be an NBA player. What do you think? Definitely. I mean, I think he'll be. I think he'll be probably a first rounder. I mean, they're they're calling right now lottery from what I've I read. But yeah, he was an animal, and, he, and I think as far as the NCAA tournament goes, you could argue that he's going to be as good as anyone in the field. And then when you mix that with, they got a guard named Jalen Crutcher who's just. Ice in his veins, you know. I don't know if you caught the St. Louis game earlier this year or even the Kansas game. He, in the Kansas game, he made a three from way out to send it into overtime at the buzzer. And then uh, he did the same thing at, at St. Louis on the road to uh, to win the game at the buzzer. This, this kid, I mean, when you put all these pieces together, they got a deep team, uh, you know, Trey Landers. They, they got, they've got got a good team all around, man. You, you, you would analyze it, and, and I'm, I'm sold on them. I'll put it like that. Well, there's a lot to, to be sold about, including Anthony Grant, veteran coach, was an assistant 
Uh, I don't know how much of this resume you know, Colby, and how much the audience knows, but I'm sharing it with everybody. Assistant under Billy Donovan at Florida when they won the back-to-back national titles. Former coach at VCU in the NCAA tournament. Former coach at Alabama. Uh, now uh, now has a legit top 10, if not top 5 program at Dayton. The guy can coach and has a lot of experience, so keep an eye on the Dayton Flyers out of the A-10. What did you think of the Dayton Arena that's been there for a while? They play the first four, the first uh, four games of the NCAA tournament there every year. What, what about that part of being there? Dude, I mean, the place was rocking. There's not a bad seat in that stadium, and and they're an educated uh, crowd, you know what I mean? Like, they, they, they know what... The, they know the game of basketball well, so I thought it was a great experience, and uh, I couldn't recommend it. If you love college basketball like we do, get yourself over to Dayton. And actually, you should probably try to align the trip that we're doing right here because uh, obviously the, the Butler game was great too. So, And that segues us to what you witnessed on Wednesday night at the time we're talking for Three Dog Thursday purposes. Colby didn't get enough to just see uh, the, the number 5 team in the country, Dayton. He had to go take in a little Big East with a Butler team uh, that has been very good all year in the thick of things in the Big East race, and they took care of business. They had to hang on to do it against Xavier on Wednesday night. So let's talk about the game first, and then right up your alley, talk about the experience of Hinkle Fieldhouse next. What about Butler and what you saw out of them getting the win over Xavier? Uh, well, they, they kind of controlled the game. They went up early, but but uh, Xavier made the run. And I, I don't know if you guys have been following Xavier, but they've been red hot lately. They're playing great ball. They've been great defensively lately. Um, so this was a huge opportunity for Butler because Butler was kind of in, in, a, in a spot where they had dropped a couple. I think they were 1-3 or 1-4 in their past five, something like that. And they needed this win. This was a huge win for Butler. Now, I, I got extremely lucky because I took – I took uh, Xavier in the points, and Xavier hit a three within the final seconds, so like a double three. <laughs> so I covered by a half a point, but I was extremely Woo! lucky. To cover you are cover. captain backdoor cover on that one. Thank you very much for being able to uh, to knock that in. Uh, and again, that was a Xavier team, to your point, that had won at Seton Hall a week and a half ago, had followed that up with a win at DePaul, had beaten Providence. They had won three straight. Uh, but Butler played very solidly uh, in this one. Laval Jordan, uh, the coach there, and give uh, give Butler a lot of credit, improving to seven and five now uh, in the Big East, solidly in right now for the NCAA tournament. I mean, the the Big East legitimately has six NCAA tournament teams right now. So it it would appear that includes Creighton upsetting uh, Seton Hall on Wednesday night as well, the top team in the conference, and Creighton looks like an NCAA tournament team. And, and Creighton, only with that win, it only strengthens San Diego State's strength of schedule because San Diego State beat Creighton earlier in the year. Good point. Good point on that. Okay, legendary Hinkle Fieldhouse. So I, I should make mention, I'm living vicariously through Colby Dant, who's joining me on the Three Dog Thursday podcast. I've never been in the Dayton Arena. I have been in Dayton, Ohio. I have done a game at Wright State in the other part of, of town. I've not been in the Dayton Arena, not done a game there. Much less, I've been to Indianapolis many a time, been to the Final Fours in Indianapolis. Uh, we'll be there later in March doing the Horizon League again for Tune In, but I've never been in Hinkle Fieldhouse where they, oh, by the way, filmed the closing scenes of Hoosiers, uh, the movie, and Butler plays there uh, and has played there for 50 years. What about being in that hallowed building? What did you think? I mean, look, the stadium has been there since the 1920s. So this one, I, look, I'm not trying to 
Dayton's experience was great, but this one, in my opinion, was even better. Like it were it it's just almost like a high school gymnasium mixed with an awesome crowd. The band is loud. I can't recommend going to uh to to this to the stadium enough because the atmosphere just it's what you love about college basketball. You know, it's like just a rowdy atmosphere. You're standing up half the game, going oh, you, know, like, you get the true college experience, in my opinion. Well said, from Colby Dant. Just let me know. Did you walk in like the fictitious Hickory Huskers and just go Hickory, 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 just for me? Did you do that at Hinklefield? No, you didn't do that to reenact Hoosiers. No. Oh, I, I measured the free throw line, and I, I I didn't send you the video yet. But I was going to say, hey man, you know. We can pick this game, and I got lucky with that five point, that half point cover. So you know, we can pick these games, man. The free throw line's the same as it is in Tampa. Man. Oh, I love that! Uh, great stuff here from Colby Dant. Now it's time to get to uh, some underdog conversation and what we're looking at, not only for Thursday but a little bit ahead to Saturday. And Colby's got uh, some interesting games. You said to me before we began this officially, and I hit the record button. I don't like any of the Pac-10, or I'm sorry, any of the Pac-12 games on Thursday night, but there is a game you do like, and it's kind of off the beaten path, so tell me more about the game you like and why for Three Dog Thursday purposes. Uh, I'm on, and, I, and we have a line on this, I think, right now, so as a dog, I'm going to take Murray State at Austin T. We're going to take Ohio Valley basketball we're talking about. <laughs> I was just in Ohio, so... <laughs> Um, this Murray State team's really good. I know everyone thinks, oh, what's his name? John, John Morant's gone. Mm-hmm. This team is still really good. Uh, this conference is really good. Like, I think they're up. They're better than they normally are. Um, but I think Murray State is the best team out of the bunch, so I expect them to, to win tomorrow in uh, in Austin P. Take down the Governors. Uh, get catching it's a two and a half points, but I say money line this play. Obviously, I'm on your show, so take take uh, Murray State to win this thing. How about that? And Murray State leading the Ohio Valley right now in the regular season. They have split with the second best team, Belmont. This is the third place team, Austin P. Uh, which this will be the first of two meetings. This one, obviously, uh, in Tennessee. Then they will play in Murray on the final day of the regular season on Leap Day on February 29th. And Murray State has rarely been a uh, a an underdog in these situations, so you do get points here uh, in this matchup. And by far, Colby Dant, I am uh, older than you, but one of the best chants ever was when one of the leading scorers in the country in, ni- in the 1970s, his name was Fly Williams. That was the nickname, was Fly Williams. And the chant <laughs> from the Austin P fans was, Fly is open, let's go P. So Fly is open, let's go P was the chant. It has always stuck look out for the governors of austin p but colby is on murray state uh for thursday all right so that's off the beaten path for a saturday just just uh, for thursday just get ready for what colby's got i already know in the preview that he gave me for what he has for saturday where do you want to begin for three dog thursday purposes mr college experience podcast for for saturday basketball what do you like uh i'm gonna take you i'm gonna take you to tampa and I'm not doing this to please you because I know you're you're down there. 
I, I've been impressed, and I, and I know that, well, I don't know if I'm, I know you're a Memphis guy, so I don't know if this is a good thing that I'm saying. I, I do, I just, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I have been ridiculed to no end about USF bopping my Memphis Tigers. I live with a USF bull. Mrs. Reeves is a USF alumni. You don't think, Colby and Three Dog Thursday audience, that I haven't heard it for the last five days, that they go into Memphis <laughs> and screw the Tigers' NCAA hopes uh, as they did last Saturday. Of course I've heard it. So uh, the Bulls under Brian Gregory are playing better ball as of late, and you are looking at them uh, for an American Conference matchup with Tulsa, right? Right out of the box at noon Eastern time on Saturday, right? Uh, yeah, I think Tulsa's a little bit of a, you know, they, they, they've been a little bit of a Cinderella, but I think they're coming back down to reality. Uh, a, couple, a couple, like a week ago, they were in first place of, in, in, in the uh, AAC and it turns out, you know, they, they dropped to UConn. They dropped, uh, they dropped, I think, what, two in a row. And I, I think they're just, I think they're a little counterfeit. So they go on the road to Tampa. Uh, South Florida's a good defensive team. I like that guard, David Collins, they got. Um, I just think they're, it's a far trip, too. Tulsa to Tampa, that's a, that's a big trip. Give me, give me South Florida to knock off the Golden Hurricane outright. And we anticipate USF will be something like a two- or three-point underdog probably in this game. And as you mentioned, Tulsa was 7-1 and one leading the American and now has dropped a couple of games, losing to UCF to drop them to 7-3 and three on the conference season. So that one at noon. And get ready because you've looked over the slate for Saturday – we know they're going to be an underdog. So who do you like Saturday night in prime time uh, as a, as a home doggy again here? I'm gonna go, and I know you know people might might think I'm crazy. Give me the North Carolina Tar Heels <laughs> to beat Virginia. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! Not just to cover. You're saying outright win for Carolina at home against the defending champs. Yes. Look, look. They're going to do this. I know they had that 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 horrible horrible massacre the other night against Wake Forest. <laughs> yes, Duke, that was a hangover from the Duke game. Roy Williams is going to get this team going. And look, Virginia doesn't blow out anybody. Right. right? They, I right. watched them play Navy earlier this year, and they struggled with Navy. So they they come on the road. I know Tony Bennett's got them playing better, and I like Tony Bennett. But North Carolina is going to get the win. Virginia can barely score the ball. Give me the Tar Heels on the money line. Interesting. So North Carolina, which is so far out of the NCAA hopes and concerns that they're going to need all kinds of scenarios, including natural disasters, uh, you know, possible buses getting lost to arenas, uh, other teams forfeiting. That's that's the uh, that's the scenario apparently that they're going to have to have. Uh, so we'll wait and see. <laughs> But you call it outright. Uh, Colby, Dan, if you get that, you are the guru of gurus. I know Virginia played Notre Dame in an overtime game uh, the other night that was more like World Cup soccer, where Virginia outscored Notre Dame 3-2 to two in the in the five-minute overtime. So you're right. They have trouble scoring. But North Carolina can't get out of their own way right now in this one. Yeah, and I just think, look, look. I, th- that Duke game, I mean, it hurt. And that, I think that showed in the Wake Forest thing. But Roy's going to get them under control. That stadium, their fans are still going to come out, man. That, let's face it. They can have, they've had bad years before when they had Daughtery at coach or whatever. Fans will still show up. They're gonna, they have an opportunity to, to – Virginia is very much a bubble team. I think they're on the inside of the bubble. They have an opportunity to take, to take them out, the team that won the national championship. This could be their Super Bowl. So there's plenty of motivation 
from that point of view. All right. Well, we'll see if Colby Dan has really called his shot, because this would be some kind of prediction here if this one comes through. These are the kind of things he's talking about on the college experience. I- I'm sure we're going to hear all kinds of stories about the the true, the true uh, back-to-back roadie at Dayton and then at Hinkle Fieldhouse in Indianapolis for Butler and Xavier. We'll hear more about that. Some predictions. Uh, plug away on the podcast because you don't you don't just go with a few games, right? You go with every game all the time with the college experience. Explain more. Uh, the college experience podcast. Yes, we are part of the sports gambling podcast, but we're also our, on our own feed, so you can find just type in the college experience. But we handicap every single game over on our website, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, and through Twitter. If you follow us on Twitter. But, yeah, we cover – me and two other experts cover every single college basketball game. Uh, that means the SWAC conference to the, uh, to the Big <laughs> West, you know, we're covering it all. And we have our locks, our daily locks. Yesterday we were, what, 5-2 and two on our locks as a collective. So uh, check us out. So, again, the College Experience is the podcast off the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of shows. Look him up under iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Follow him at the Colby D, C-O-L-B-Y, Colby D like dog for Colby Dant. The Colby D and the College Experience. Again, he is going Murray State Thursday night, Ohio Valley Conference Road Doggy. He's going Saturday USF. You know, I'm the former play-by-play announcer on the radio with the Bulls for 10 years and watch them pull some upsets here and there. Uh, maybe they will find some mojo against Tulsa at home for you, but man, what an underdog call North Carolina against Virginia, and you like them to win outright. They may be a double-digit underdog. We don't know for sure, because we don't have the lines here, but they're going to be at least probably a six- or seven-point underdog to Virginia, and you're calling the outright win for Carolina one more time, right? Yes, I am. Outright win. You heard it here. Look at look at this uh, and keep it in mind for uh, for Saturday. Colby, great job with all the picks. Again, I am profoundly, capital P underlined, profoundly jealous of the uh, of the two games midweek going to Dayton, seeing them first half. They're legit, right? One more time for the audience. They are legit. Oh. Dayton, when you're filling out your brackets, et cetera, do not have Dayton going out in the first game or maybe even in the first weekend. You better be aware of them, right? They are as talented as any team in the country. I'll say that. Wow. All right. So, so when, when you're handicapping games, know that they're, they're they, like, to me, there's only a few teams that are as talented. So, Take that for what it is. I think they're much more talented than most of the country. Again, he'll talk more on the college experience about being at Dayton Tuesday, midweek, Wednesday night, being at Butler for their win over Xavier. Hear all of that with Colby Dant and crew. Thank you, my friend. Great job. I appreciate you hopping on with me here on Three Dog Thursday, sir. Thanks for having me and looking forward to catching up as the season continues on. And that will conclude things. Many thanks to Colby Dan of the College Experience for hopping on the podcast. Also, Mark Ennis from the Louisville ESPN radio affiliate doing five-day-a-week radio in the afternoons there in Louisville, talking all things Louisville and ACC. And all the way back at the beginning of things, Brian Edwards, who's been hot, especially with the NBA picks, but he's got college underdogs as well. Find him at Vegas B. Edwards on Twitter. Go to MajorWager.com to see more of his stuff as well as Brian does a great job with the handicapping. And we thank you for being with us as well. 
however you found us, social media link through the Sports Gambling Podcast, uh, radio uh, network of shows, the fleet of podcast shows that they have, or on sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Subscribe away on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts as well. This show will come automatically to you, Three Dog Thursday, as we only heighten heading to the month of March with all that we have unfolding. We're excited about everything that's going to be going on in college basketball from Championship Week to the NCAA Tournament and much more. So subscribe wherever you find podcasts, and it will come automatically to you on Thursday. I am merely TJ Reeves. Thank you for being with me on the only digital radio show that's devoted exclusively to underdogs. Enjoy the games this weekend, and thank you for being with us on Three Dog Thursday. Bye.